Lear, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited you've taken time out of your day today to download this podcast and to listen to it. We hope and pray that you will be edified, Christ will be glorified, and you would tell others about us and share us with your friends and family. We also ask that you please uh, hit that like button, and that way you get alerts when we release our weekly podcast. For more information about us, you can go to biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word. And there we have uh, a page set up for prayer requests. And so if you have one and would like it to be posted, we would be happy to do that. And if you're a prayer warrior, I I would encourage you to go to that webpage and go to that uh, prayer request. Many people are are relying on prayers from around the world. And I think this is a noble cause. I'm a big prayer warrior, I believe in prayer, and I do believe prayer works. And so, you can also find us there, uh, links to our social media account. We have LinkedIn and Twitter as well, if you would like to follow us on that. Today we're going to be talking about, are you growing as a Christian? Are you growing as a Christian? And I would like to begin by reading uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in the first uh, three verses. And if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up and and follow along. And then uh, we'll be going to Hebrews chapter 5 shortly. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of the flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not able, for you are still fleshy. For since there is a jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshy, and are you not walking like mere men? You know, when a child is born and comes into the world, the parents, society, I mean, the church, everybody has this expectation of this child. Someday it will grow up, it will get an education, it will also mature and be a law-abiding uh, citizen, a productive member of their society, and the communities in which they live, and to the world as well. You know, when this doesn't happen, we wonder, what went wrong? What happened Maybe there was some kind of a health problem. Maybe the parents didn't care or were absent. Lots of questions start to focus or come into, into mind anyway when you, when you see these kind of things. I've been around people, really nice people, and all of a sudden you wonder what happened. You know, they, they're in jail or they've got a drug problem or an alcohol abuse problem, what, whatever. But this is also true in a person's spiritual life. When it comes to uh, Christ, being in Christ, being in the church, they should want to grow, and, and the church should expect him to grow and mature as Christians. Yes, they should become a productive member of the kingdom of God. Often this is not true, and it's really not natural. Uh, The New Testament has more than one place where we could read and hear God telling us, his people, uh, to grow up and mature and and be that person that God wants us all to be. You can find that in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. 
Some people who come into the kingdom are, are excited at first when they first hear the message. They, they want to be baptized. They, they want to tell their friends about Jesus. Or they're into all these Bible studies. And they continue to get uh, stronger in their st uh, studies and in their worship. And, and their faith begins to grow. And then others, you know, they, they seem to come up. Uh, they're on fire at first. And then all of a sudden, somewhere along the way, that that fire dies or, or goes completely out or they might not come to worship all the time anymore just it's whenever it's convenient they don't pray outside the, the assembling of the saints uh, they don't read their bibles at home anymore it, if they do read them it's only at the church building and if you were to ask this person uh, where are you in your walk with christ they might respond along the lines of, well, I really don't know. Or, what do you mean by that? What do you mean, where am I? I'm standing right here in front of you. That's a crazy question to be asking. I've gotten all kinds of response. One of the worst places for a person that's calling themselves a Christian is to be stale or, or just lukewarm. When you are just lukewarm, you're, you're losing out on so much joy. And as Christians, we should have joy. We should have peace in our lives and gratitude. And I, when I say those things, I mean in Christ. To say that in, in the worldly sense, there's not ever going to be complete joy and peace and gratitude towards the world. Because the world always wants more. It expects more. And it really doesn't care about Christ or, or being that Christian person, that walking in the light type idea. To think or say, all I have to do is just get my foot just inside the door of the kingdom. This is not the place really uh, to set your target. I, I've heard uh, people make that statement over and over. Yes, I understand that you have to get inside the door. But why do we want to settle for just getting by i mean if our children just do whatever it is just to get by as parents would we not question that or encourage them to to step up their game if your child is a smart child and, and you get a report card from the teacher and it has a failing grade uh, or just barely passing how would you react as a parent i know my dad would uh, had one of these sessions. It's called I Talk, You Listen, Son. Uh, it would not have been acceptable. And so, why do we think our Heavenly Father is okay with us just getting by? When we all care about is getting by, this implies to me that we're probably dying or dead already inside our soul. It, it, it's a sad place to be for a Christian. Maybe we're only doing things for show, but, you know, God can see through all that smokescreen. The Hebrew writer, he writes this, in, or, or she writes it. I don't know who really wrote it. Nobody does. Uh, the Holy Spirit obviously inspired it, but the writer does not identify themselves. Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 11. We have many things to tell you about this, but it is hard to explain because you have stopped trying to understand. You have had e enough time that by now 
you should be teachers. But you need someone to teach you again the first lessons of God's teaching. You still need the teaching that is milk. You are not ready for solid food. Verse 13, Anyone who lives on milk is still a baby and is not able to understand much about living right. But solid food is for people who have grown up from their experience. They have learned to see the difference between good and evil. And that's the easy to read version for, for the deaf. Uh, but when, when a child is born into, the, into this world, uh, the mother begins to nurse it almost immediately. She is nursing the child with, with rich milk. And she knows in order for that child to grow healthy, the child needs her milk. A normal child gets hungry and wants to eat more and more and more. A normal feeding schedule probably becomes established. As the child grows up within a, a certain amount of time, uh, the mother starts to feed uh, the child soft foods or some cereals of some kind. And then and they move them into solid foods and the child will, will need to continue to grow from an infant to an adult. And see, this is what I think the Hebrew writer is really trying to tell us. You and I cannot grow into the knowledge of Christ by staying on baby formula. The original reader of the letter didn't want to grow up back in the time when this originally was written to the Hebrews. They, they are like a young adult they're still acting like you're in grade school. And we all uh, got them around us at work or even probably even at church. They, they never, just don't want to mature or grow up. But if you and I do not want to get off milk, uh, we're never going to grow up and mature as our Heavenly Father is expecting us to do. And somewhere along the way, we're, we're going to get sick spiritually and, and we're going to die. If today I was trying to live on baby formula, I would not get the proper vitamins and proteins uh, to maintain a healthy adult body. I would get sick, and eventually I would die from the lack of nutrition. Probably get sick from just trying it. But, you know, we need healthy diets for our physical bodies, and we need to have a healthy uh, diet spiritually. So spiritually speaking, if I would return to milk, what do you think is going to happen to my soul? It's not going to be properly fed, and I will stop growing, and I will face a spiritual dying. Something will be really lacking in my spiritual life. And it would not matter how many sermons I would preach or classes or podcasts I would do, how many seminaries or preaching schools I would go to, if I'm not feeding my soul to grow and mature in Christ, it is a certain devastation. We all need to be in the Word of God. We all need to be doing this every day to be feeding our souls. It just once a week or twice a week at the church building, I, I know I've kind of preached this before, you've got to do it at home too. You have to want God in your life daily. This is not about checking a box on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whenever it is that your group meets. And I know more and more people are meeting in homes 
uh, because of the virus going around and I've gotten several emails from around the world stating so and I think it's great if you want to get together uh, as long as you're worshiping and you're singing songs and whatnot nothing wrong with that the first century church did it um, I just know there's a strength in numbers as well and so the more the merrier when it comes to worshiping and I know that many people in this podcast that listen to it are, are listening to it in countries where it's not favorable uh, to be a Christian and so uh, God bless you and, and you need to do what you got to do uh, to worship God and, and and do it safely as possible the psalmist writes in Psalms 139 verses 1 through 4 Psalms 139 verses 1 through 4 O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and you know when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You are my path and my lying down. You are in uh, the adequacy with all my ways. Excuse me, acquainted with all my ways. Even before there was a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it. Now, now skip down to verse 23. How many of us are brave enough to say this? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there are any hurtful ways in me. And lead me to an everlasting way. When we talk about our spiritual evaluation of ourselves, do we do we really stop and think? Are we are a child in our thinking? Or are we growing up in our thinking? Do we realize how much, especially in America and the Western world, this humanism type idea where you think you're okay, you're saying you know who Jesus is, you claim to be a Christian... But nobody would ever know that looking at your life. You are your own God, basically, is what I'm trying to get to. You you judge yourself, oh, I'm good. And you're comparing yourself to those people around you. But if you're honest with yourself and, and you search out the Bible and the more you study the Bible, because I know this is true in my life, the more I study it, the more I realize how sinful and dirty I really am and I really, truly need Christ in my life to cleanse me and to guide me and and show me the his ways and to lead me to that everlasting way where are we in our walk with Christ are we are we still have the same knowledge that we did 30 years ago 20 years ago even a month ago or have we stunted our growth I mean, this statement, again, back to what David says here in Psalm 139, this is a serious statement. David is asking God to do a serious look deep inside his soul. And King David, he wants God to show him the correct way to walk in his light. David does not want to be like the evil uh, people in the world. David does not want to be spiritually dead. David is very thankful uh, for his God. Psalm 139, the same chapter, verses 17 and 18. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! 
if I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I mean, he's saying, God, please check me out. I, I, I want you to look over me and make sure that I'm having that personal relationship that you want from me. Everybody in the world knows who the President of the United States is. If they're paying any attention at all to the news, they know who he is. But does the President of the United States know everybody in the world? No, because he doesn't have a relationship with everybody in the world. And that's the thing. Does Jesus know who you are and do you know who he is? Because you can claim to know him all you want, but if Jesus does not know you, there's no relationship. See, David knows God loves him, no matter what David may have done in the past. And David had done some pretty awful things. I mean, he's, he's committed murder, adultery, just to name two off the top of my head. Pretty serious sins. And most people, even in our society today, still frown on those type of issues. And, and David also knows if there's a sin issue in his life, or he's not maturing into the person that God wants, God's not going to overlook those sins. As long as we hang on to our sin, we cannot mature and grow into that godly man or woman that God really wants for us all. It is so important that we leave this childhood idea because God doesn't want us to be this little child. Yes, we're supposed to be children of God. But I'm talking about knowledge and maturity and devotion. David wants to stop thinking as a child. Rather, he wants to think as a man of God should think about. David wants to grow spiritually. And, and he is willing to look deep inside himself. Many of us are scared to do that or don't want to do that. And he wants God to help him look. What would you and I find deep inside where we hide most of our most secretive thoughts and desires? Again, to, take, to be able to do this, it takes courage. My grandmother used to say, oh, it takes sand or grit to do that. To want to see ourselves as God sees me is an act of courage. What is required of me? This takes more than just wishing for it. It does take the willingness on our part for us to be shown by God of our true being, to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. We, we might think we know ourselves well, but in fact we, we know more about other things and other people than we do ourselves sometimes. And why is that? Well, the, ample, the answer is really pretty simple. Our view of ourselves is polluted. Many, many times we think more highly of ourselves than we should. We all look in mirrors and we look at ourselves and many people say, Wow, how beautiful I am. And after spending hours in front of a mirror and trying to put all the makeup on and combing our hair, we think everyone else should see what we see. You know what, listeners? We're only looking skin deep when we do this. When we ask God to look at us into our deep, dark secrets, what will He find?
when we open up the Word of God and, and we truly look into the Word of God, the Bible, when we truly, truly study it and not allow outside influences, but we ask the Holy Spirit to, to open up the Word in, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, that you can understand, and it's not hard to do, what reflects back. What do you see yourselves if you're honest with yourselves? But the Word of God is always honest with us. It will always reflect back to us our sinful nature. Like I said earlier in the podcast, this takes courage to want to grow and want to be a mature Christian. And Christ wants from each and every one of us the Word of God is not skin deep. It is so important that we look into ourselves. Each one of us should, should pray the prayer that David prayed. Maybe you and I, maybe we think we're someone special, but when in fact you and I are nothing more than a prideful nobody. Why do you turn people off? Maybe some people think that they are legends, and, but really you're just a legend in your own mind. How many of us, have, we think, well, we've done all these wonderful things, but the odds are it's a life of wrongful thinking. And I'm not saying that everything that we do and say is wrong or, or, or hateful or sinful, because it's not. But with the Word of God, we will know for sure what is right and what is wrong. So many times I've heard sermons and, and I've, I've listened to other people preach and everything is a sin. Well, that's not true. Not everything is a sin. And so the only way you're going to know if it's a sin or not, and if you have those secret dark corners, is to be in prayer and to study the Word of God and allow Him to work on you and cleanse you out. And that may not be an easy process. It could become very painful. But you and I, if we're not willing to look at things in our lives from God's eyes, we're in trouble. We need to allow that to happen. We need to look at everything around us, the people, our work situation, school, whatever, our marriages, through the eyes of God. We need to start being honest with ourselves. I remember a young teen Christian. She, we had a, we're having this potluck dinner, and and she asked an older man a question. How long have you been a Christian? And the older man he kind of stuttered a little bit and said, "Well, I'm guessing about thirty years." And the young teen continued to ask questions. What is it like to be a Christian that long? What do you mean, replied the, the older man to the teenager. And, and the teenager went on and said, Well, you know, how do you even entertaining yourself? And the, old, the older man says, Well, I've been a Christian for 30 years. And when you meet someone like this, uh, they really don't know how much of a lifestyle of being a Christian. Yes, they're, they're still infants. Christians can go have fun. Jesus went uh, to a wedding party. Okay, I don't believe he got drunk or got out of control, 
but he went to a party. He socialized with people. He went to work. He was a carpenter for 30 plus years. He had a life, but he made God first, as we should. And the teenager really got no sound advice how it is to be a mature Christian. What are the odds that this older man will will ever be the person that God wants them to be? I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I question some things. But that's between him and God, and he, need, he needs to, to ask. When we need to start being honest again with ourselves, first of all, that we're sinners. And we might be able to fool other people around us, but we're really not going to be able to fool God. We might even fool ourselves that we, we have no sin in our life. But again, God will know better. Somebody might be listening to the podcast and thinking, well, I'm not perfect. And I'm going to tell you this. This is not about being perfect. It's about being honest with ourselves and with God. And when we say this, we're, we're trying to justify our own sin. God already knows we're not perfect. God already knows all of us have fallen short of His glory and His desires for us. That's why Jesus came. You see, when we come in contact with the blood of Jesus, spiritually speaking, we become perfect. And that perfection can only come from God and His side of the fence, not ours. Being justified only comes from Christ. A lawbreaker, a sinner, however you want to word it, cannot justify themselves. Our side is to obey the gospel command, to hear the gospel, believe who Jesus is, study the word of God, be faithful, grow out of this infant stage that we're in, and become a mature Christian, and help young Christians through their struggles. Because the odds are you and I have been through some of those very same struggles as Christians. And how did we deal with it? Did we deal with it right or wrong or good or bad? Did we pray about it? Uh, did we seek out other people's advice? And was it good advice or not? I mean, we need to be uh, more open with each other. There was a survey years ago that was done by a church. It's kind of interesting. And one of the questions was, uh, why do you not share with the elders of a congregation your sin troubles and ask for prayers? And, and the number one response was they did not want to become the gossip, gossip center of the church. They didn't want everybody to know and be this gossip center. That's sad. If people really think that way and believe that, that is really sad. We, we need to do whatever we can to help each other. But we also need to be relying on God. We need to trust in Him because Faith comes from Him. Faith comes from hearing His Word. And knowledge comes from hearing His Word. Growing and maturing, it can only be done by us being fed by the Holy Spirit through His words that are written for us. To find a, a good, solid Christian support base. And I get several emails a month actually that say you know we have searched and searched for a church that is teaching the Bible the whole Bible not just one topic or the same verses over and over and over again I feel your pain because 
we've gone through the same thing here in our household. And so you just have to keep searching. You have to pray about it. And see if you can find a church somewhere. And, and just you have to go and, and see if they're teaching the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God type thing. As the church becomes more and more influenced by political statements, more and more influenced by politics, worldly things, science, whatever, and they allow that to dictate their steps and not the Word of God, that's the time to find a new place to worship around. Because I only want to hear what the Word of God has to say. Whether I agree with it or not, that's a personal struggle that you're going to have to go through. Because I've gone through it myself. And I've come to this conclusion, if God says it, then so be it. I will learn to love it and use it and apply it in my life. The government can't be my God. My neighbor can't be my God in my conscience either. Only God can guide me. I up. I certainly hope that if you are a Christian, that you are growing in Christ more and more each day. I certainly hope uh, that our podcast has been encouraging to you. Uh, we're seeing more and more hits on older uh, podcasts, which tells me new listeners are coming in and they're, they're trying to catch up with whatever it is that we're trying to do here, and that is glorify Christ, and hopefully you become edified, and the kingdom of God will grow. For more information about us, again, I encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com and be sure to hit that like button or that follow button so that when we do release our weekly podcast, uh, you can get an alert and be able to download it immediately. Again, we thank you for listening. We thank you for those who have financially supported us. We know that this time, uh, finances are really difficult to come by, and so we we know everything that we get, which is not much, but it is enough. God does provide and allow us to continue this podcast weekly. Again, thank you for listening, and may God have the glory, and you have a blessed week.